Welcome to Alfaro English. Be sure to follow our channel wherever you get your podcasts to listen to award-winning independent journalism from Central America. It's September 9th, 2022. I'm Roman Gressier from El Faro English. Tell us what you think about this podcast at english at elfaro.net. Also, before we start with today's newsletter, we'd like to point out that poet Javier Zamora just published Solito, a memoir of his solitary trek at the age of nine from El Salvador to the U.S. It's racking up quite the list of accolades. And with that said, let's turn today's newsletter on Biden's appointment of four new ambassadors to Central America almost halfway through his term, published in elfaro.net, its English edition. While U.S. policymakers scratch their heads about Central America, the Senate is set to vote any day now on four ambassadors to the region. For now, the only consensus seems to be Nicaragua. The Senate has placed the suspension of the country from the Central American Free Trade Agreement, or CAFTA, at the top of the menu, as hundreds of sanctions against regime figureheads and institutions haven't quelled a billowing assault on civil society, the opposition, and even the Catholic Church. In his late July Senate hearing, nominee Hugo Rodriguez, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs from 2019 to 2021, promised Florida Republican Marco Rubio that he would, quote, use all economic and diplomatic tools with the Ortega regime and, quote, seriously consider CAFTA as a, quote, pressure point. Not that it's the ambassador's call, but there's reason to doubt the threat. As Manuel Orozco, director of the Migration and Remittances Program at the Inter-American Dialogue put it, more than half of U.S. imports under CAFTA are textiles coming from the free trade zone, mostly operated by American firms or outsourced by them. The concern is that any CAFTA-related measure will hurt U.S. business. In his hearing, Rodriguez also called for the, quote, immediate release of all political prisoners. Head of State Daniel Ortega responded hours later by pulling his endorsement, calling the remarks interventionist and disrespectful. The State Department first said it would, quote, reevaluate the pick, but has refused to budge, citing obligations to challenge threats to democracy in the Inter-American Democratic Charter. Should the Senate confirm Rodriguez, they may force Ortega's hand on whether to let the new ambassador into the country. He would replace Ambassador Kevin Sullivan, confirmed in 2018. Rodriguez, a career foreign service officer whose father fled the Dominican military dictatorship of Rafael Trujillo in 1952, has outdone his predecessor, drawing accusations of imperialism before even setting foot in the country. The Foreign Relations Committee finally sent Rodriguez and El Salvador candidate William Duncan's nominations to the Senate for a vote on August 3rd. The U.S. hopes Duncan will resurrect a line of communication and influence with President Nayib Bukele amid intense conflict over his consolidation of absolute power and the non-extradition of MS-13 leaders. His confirmation would stop the carousel of five temporary chiefs of mission in El Salvador since Biden's inauguration, the most turnover at the post that the embassy has ever seen, amid Republican obstruction of regional nominees and evident perplexion in the White House over U.S. policy in the country. On her way out in November, Interim Ambassador Jean Maines said, 
quote, why would I stay here if we don't have a partner? Bukele accused the U.S. of sowing rifts in his party and financing anti-government protests. We don't have to clap or celebrate all the stuff that we don't think is good, but we have a national security interest that needs to be balanced, Rubio told Duncan at the nomination hearing. A sign of Republicans' ongoing hesitancy toward El Salvador and perhaps something to show for Bukele's multi-million dollar Washington lobbying efforts. That semi-conciliatory tone contrasts with the House, where, as we revealed last week, the bipartisan Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission will convene on Monday at noon Eastern time for a hearing on human rights abuses in El Salvador under the state of exception. It's no coincidence that all of the speakers in the second panel of the hearing, prominent civil society representatives and a journalist, have strongly criticized the measures. Duncan worked from 1995 to 1997 in the political affairs and consular offices of the embassy in El Salvador, and from 1998 to 2000 as the State Department's head for El Salvador affairs in Washington, D.C. He has also worked in the Bureau of Central American Affairs. At his first post in the northern Mexican city, Matamoros, he worked and became friends with Ricardo Zuniga, Biden's special envoy to the Northern Triangle. A State Department source told El Faro English that Duncan has, quote, the trust of the seventh floor, a nod to his closeness and speed dial to the top officials in the hemisphere. Salvadoran journalist Hector Silva, one of those scheduled to testify at the Monday House hearing, asserts that there are two rivaling visions in the White House and Congress of how to approach Northern Central America. On one hand, reconciliation, to stave off Chinese and Russian influence, and on the other, confrontation, under the idea that, if left unchecked, El Salvador and Guatemala could head down the path of Nicaragua. They're wondering how to use the tools at their disposal, but they haven't found answers or clarity, Silva told in Faro English. Another ex-ambassador to El Salvador, Mari Carmen Aponte, former acting assistant secretary of state for Western Hemisphere Affairs, was picked to lead the mission in Panama amid the largest protests in decades over the rising cost of living, inequality, and corruption. In her Senate hearing, she stressed cooperation in the decades-long U.S. drug war and, quote, managing migration. It's striking given that the key issue for the Senate is Chinese influence and trade in the Panama Canal, seen by many as a hub for U.S.-China competition, that she had to wait eight months for a nomination hearing and is nearing one year without confirmation. Lastly, Biden has nominated for Belize Michelle Kwan, the public diplomacy envoy under the Bush and Obama administrations and daughter of Hong Kong immigrants. In her statements to the Senate in May, she said she would focus on drug interdiction efforts and on relations with Taiwan, a game of all or nothing with Beijing. It goes without saying that Kwan, the record-holding former Olympic skater, is unlikely to find an ice rink in Belmopan. Thanks for tuning in. You can find this text by visiting elfaro.net in its English edition. Elfaro English are me, Roman Gracier, and Jose Luis Sanz. If you liked original soundtrack, you can thank our sound engineer and head of production, Omnia. For listening. Consider supporting Central American journalism by joining our community of crowdfunders at support.elfara.net. <laughs>